When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here to continue our series of expectations pods and taking two players, one offense and one defense. And we'll be talking about them and and predicting in the end what would be a good or great season uh, for each of them and and, uh, other factors about the season we'd like to see. Joining me to do that is Brad McGowan. Brad, how you doing? Ken, I'm doing great. This is one of my favorite times of the football calendar year because it's all hope and speculation and pontificating. And that's always really fun, especially when you don't have a lot of injured players on your roster yet. Yeah, that, that's a that is a, a, a great time of year. I, the ESPN or somebody had a commercial about that where they were showing it kind of towards the end of the year, but they're pretending like it's the beginning of the year. And these guys are going to the bathroom and going to tell you what, it's going to be a great year for the Arizona Cardinals. And the, <laughs> the Cardinals were, of course, terrible and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, great, to, great to have this discussion anyway. We're going to talk about Rashad Bateman first, a, a player of tremendous interest to Ravens fans, I think. And and yet somehow, I think expectations and, and the, the spotlight does not seem to be on him this year as much as it really needs to be. I mean, he is, he is to me, one of the very key players on this Ravens team. I agree. Um, you know, at the beginning of last year, uh, everyone felt the Ravens had a weakness in the wide receiver room. The Ravens chose primarily to stand pat aside from bringing in, you know, some older veterans later. And uh, they were really counting on Bateman to be the number one guy. Unfortunately, he goes down. Uh, And so while I agree with you that he is so critical to the team's performance this year, the good news I hope is that they've made investments in additional guys that they've brought in that can share the load. Uh, They should have some tight ends that are going to be more developed this year and diverse, uh, and they'll have a new passing scheme. And so all of those things mean that Bateman isn't the long pole in the tent he was last year. But to your point, he's still really critical for this offense to be successful this year. Yeah, I'm completely in that camp that, that you basically can't do it without him. I don't think there's anybody else on the team who really gives you what he does. Bateman and Flowers both are absolutely critical. Flowers is the true lid lifter for this defense. Can't live without him. And Bateman is the only real X receiver on the team. Uh, you know, if they had to go to somebody like Beckham to be their X receiver, I'm sure he would, he would, you know, 
go out there and try and do it, but he just, he doesn't have the speed or the separation skills or the other, you know, fear of, of a single receiver that Bateman can, uh, can apply to other teams. Bateman had, of course, the Liz Frank surgery uh, during last season, took it at about mid season. So this is one of the unfortunate things he did not, did not practice in minicamp. And now we, we may be at a point where he uh, misses some time during the season. We'll have to see how that develops. Uh, but before he went down, it had a, was having a terrific year, uh, kind of under unknown, but 285 yards on 28 targets in six games. That's 10.2 yards per target. And just to give you folks an idea on this, he's the, the fourth highest. It would have been the, the fourth highest in Ravens history in 25 plus targets. Andrews had 11.0 in 2018, Jermaine 10.3 in 1998. Alexander 10.3 in 1996 and Bateman 10.2 in, in 2022. The Ravens have had about 16 guys who've had 9.0 or greater yards per target. So 10.0 is really rarefied air uh, and, and 10.2 where he was uh, just a, a very significant total. Totally. And that's uh, that's uh, that's something that listening to a lot of your podcasts, you talk about a lot just – how significant the high yard per target numbers are, um, you know, touching on the passing game in general, I, I imagine we'll talk a little bit about OBJ coming in, but you know, you've mentioned in discussing him this off season that he's yards per target has just steadily decreased since uh, his first several years in the league. And mm-hmm. so, you know, having that, that receiver that can really uh, go down the field that can create separation at the top of the route, um, it really opens up things for for the passing game in general, and the Ravens really need that. Yeah. Odell, you know Odell's presence may actually benefit Bateman, but I think it's going to be more from a tutelage perspective. I think that you know obviously one of Bateman's ongoing issues has been drops. Ever since he was at Minnesota, came to the NFL, the drops continued. One of the I think his first game, you know, a ball bounced out of his hands and into an opponent's hands for an interception. So. Uh, you know, he hasn't been, that's been an area where he's had a lot of problems. Five out of 28 last year, despite that really gaudy uh, yards per target number, five out of 28 drops, which has got to be one of the highest percentages in the NFL. Um, but anyway, Be- uh, Beckham has been a master throughout the years of having very good hands um, and also being an outstanding route runner, which is something that Bateman has. But hey, even the best guys, if they're going to look to anybody to learn, it would be somebody like, uh, Beckham, who's a historically top route runner in this league. And, and uh, while, he, you know, he, he's not the receiver he once was, and, you know, he may still be working through uh, a decline in play. I think there's still some things he can teach to a player like Bateman. Yeah, I think that's, that that's going to be critical f- for Bateman's success. I think, you know, a couple, a couple comments to what you said, I, I, I'm a little more bullish on Beckham than I think you are um, just because, one, I think he has a lot to prove. Um, I think, you know, even going back to his time in L.A. in, in 2021, uh, it came out this year that he had actually had uh, a knee injury that he fought through. It wasn't necessarily a knee injury, but when they tore his ACL, I think uh, during that Super Bowl and they examined him, they or rather actually they, he told the uh, anecdote that when he got to L.A., they evaluated him and said, Hey, you actually have this problem with your ACL. Currently you can continue to play with it, which he did. And he was pretty productive in LA. And then preceding that time, you know, I, I think we're learning the, the longer removed from, uh, from Cleveland that, that Beckham is that, um, you know, Baker Mayfield is really not um, a starting caliber quarterback in this league. 
And so, you know, my hope is that given his pride, his work ethic, um, his improved health, and, you know, now, now coming to a system in Baltimore that he will be a bit more productive we're going to talk about Beckham on a separate show, of course, but but uh, six and a half yards per target in 2021. So I think if you're going to pay him 18 million, the Ravens really better have believed that he was really more like the seven point something yards per target guy he was a year early. But now we're three years removed from that. So that's, you know, it's not as bad as the Des Bryant situation where Des Bryant had been an unproductive player three years prior and the Ravens still picked him up you know, after missing two years in the NFL. In the case of, of Beckham, uh, you've got a, a guy who has missed a year and was an unproductive player while injured um, in 2021. Uh, he actually did worse with L.A. than he did with Cleveland in terms of his productivity, 6.8 yards per target in, in Cleveland and 6.4 with the uh, with the Rams. Now, I know that, that you know, he had some postseason success too, which was which was positive, but uh, – uh, yeah, it's it's not like everything got fixed when he got to LA. Is is the point I'm making with that? Sure, and it it, it is fair to be skeptical. So I'm just I'm I'm a, I'm a little hopeful again. I mentioned at the top that this is the time of high hopes and <laughs> pontificating. So we'll keep the spirit uh, spirit alive. But taking it back to Bateman, you mentioned the drops. You know, I think it's fair to point out that two of the games he he, he played. So he played four games before getting injured, well, three and a half, he got injured in that fourth game against Buffalo. Two of those initial games were in pretty dreadful weather conditions. The opening game against the Jets, it was raining. And that game against Buffalo um, got steadily uh, wetter and wetter. And in prepping for this podcast, I I rewatched that game because that was the game he got injured. Um, And after the injury, he does come back. And there's a I think, you know, in the middle of the third quarter, there's a critical third and eight where he is in the slot on the left and he makes an absolutely filthy move to get open on a 10 yard slant and and Lamar hits him right in stride and goes right through his hands. And at that point, it's raining pretty heavily. Um, They play NFL games in the rain, Ken. You have to be able to catch (laughs) it in the rain. But, um, you know, I think just watching that replay and seeing the move that he puts on that defender I'm excited for his potential. You know, I think the biggest question we're going to have is health. Yeah. Uh, PFF has him for two drops in that game on six targets. So, you know, he, he, he had 17 yards of total receptions in that game. I, I am forgetting the exact play you're talking about, but you know, he, he certainly was on pace for a great start to the year with the, with the receiving he did both against the Jets and Miami, but, but he had a big, a long reception, uh, versus the Jets for about 55 yards, I think, and then another one against Miami, which might have been longer, might have been 75. Yeah, yeah that was 75. the that was the slant that he took to the house. He put an absolutely um, filthy move on the defender to get open on that slant. It was sort of like a a stutter, stutter, and then stuck his foot in the ground, and then he turned on the Jets. He had speed we didn't know he had, I believe. Uh, Next Gen Stats clocked him as the uh, fastest uh, single play from a uh, Ravens wide receiver in the last several years, including, you know, that and that included Hollywood Brown's tenure. So Bateman's plenty fast. Um, he's got plenty route running chops. He just needs to stay healthy. I mean, if you look back on his career, he's played two full seasons, uh, started out his rookie season injured, played only a handful of games with Lamar before Lamar got injured. Mm-hmm. And then last year he played three and a half games before getting injured 
sat for two games, came back and limped through two games, and they put him on the shelf. So he really hasn't had much time to build rapport with Lamar. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I hold the 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 in, the injuries, or sorry, the players who need to stay healthy to a high standard in that regard, regardless of age. So most important ability is availability. Um, he, he's give him all the credit for the player he's been while he's been on the field, but also you know it's it will hurt his career earnings that he's been through these injury problems early in in his career i i just i don't see him getting the kind of wide receiver contract that he's going to think is is right after year four now he can change that if he has two big years coming out off of this injury or even even if his year four is great and year three he you know he has half a year of, of very good production he can change that but the ravens need beckham to start playing well in 2023 uh to to derive the value from the draft pick uh otherwise you mean- it, you mean Bateman? I'm sorry. I said something else. You said Beckham, yeah. Beckham, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they need. They really need Bateman to to start playing. Of course, they've they've got Beckham only for the for the one season. He's a complete rental. Same thing with Aguilar. Their contracts are guaranteed, and they're they're basically guaranteed to be gone thereafter. Yeah. In, in either case, um, it's whatever they get out of those players this year, um, and and it, it's a no excuses time for both players. Um, right. But uh, but in ter- in terms of Bateman. They need him healthy. They need him getting back, and they need him developing into the receiver they hoped he was. Which, which in a lot of ways, just means playing through at the same level that he did for the six games last year, um, and continuing. That that's entirely fair. I mean, you 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 use this phrase, which is uh, just commonplace now, but one of the greatest abilities is availability, and he hasn't been available. I remembered when he got hurt last year um, and I went back and rewatched the play where he initially got hurt. And it's a really unfortunate play because candidly Lamar, Lamar makes a bad throw to him off his bat foot, back foot while he's scrambling out. He could have made it sooner. And Beckham or Bateman retreats for the ball. And then he just gets his foot rolled up by the defender as he's catching it. And it's a no, it's an inconsequential play. And I, you know, I don't blame Lamar for that. Obviously, you know, guys get hurt all the time, but it was just a really unfortunate play because it was a really, it was really ugly. It was in the rain. It was in that ugly Bills game that they lose on the uh, failed fourth down conversion in the end zone. But um, yeah, it was just, it's, it was just a real, real bummer because he had showed so much promise coming into the season, you know, those first several games, again, all of the talk in last off season was just how refined and crisp his route running was that he was working with Keith Williams and, and T Martin, um, to really up his game. He was modeling his game, um, after, um, oh shoot. Now I'm, I'm losing the, uh. The, uh, the 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 uh, the Raiders wide receiver uh, that was the formerly Raiders in Green Bay that was formerly in Green Bay. How why am I forgetting this guy? Uh, Devontae Adams. Yes. Oh my goodness. My apologies, listeners. But yeah, he was modeling his game after Devontae. He really has, you know, he really has all of the tools to be a number one receiver. He's over six feet tall. Uh, he's, he ran a four four three seven four three eight at the combine. He's a great technician. You know, his hands are iffy from time to time. But there's been plenty of great number one receivers that drop a couple balls here and there. Um, and we just really need him to stay healthy and just develop and blossom. Yeah, it, it, uh, it there's not a whole lot 
that he needs to do different or better in terms of his catch radius, in terms of getting open. Now, I am concerned that he may have lost something during his time on the shelf or from the injury in terms of his ability to to uh, plant and go and do the things that, that that are required for route running that might involve a little more pain um, in this year in particular coming back from that injury. And we saw Jimmy Smith, and he really struggled with it for the first year back. Um, was he ever the same player again? Probably, but, but, uh, but he wasn't, uh, he, he definitely lost very key years of his career, um, to it. So I hope Bateman comes back and, and I'm, I'm positive too. And I'm, you know, sometimes it doesn't sound like it, but I'm really a positive person in terms of, of, (laughs) or I consider myself, let's put it that way, a positive person in terms of thinking about the Ravens. I, I, Bateman is one of the guys who could give the Ravens a positive surprise. Flowers is a guy who can give the Ravens a positive surprise. The older receivers, only surprise we're getting from them is a negative surprise. It's going to be a lack of availability, a lack of being as good as we hoped they would be. Uh, uh, you know, it's it, it will surprise me. It, it would surprise me a lot more if Beckham goes for a thousand yards than if Bateman went for twelve hundred. Let's say. So I, I'm I'm. You know, right there, I'm, I'm, I'm really capping the, the the top end on what might happen, and and I just, I, I, it, it does concern me, if if Bateman is not available, one of your real high ceiling players, um, is not available. So it's it's it so much of the Ravens' offense and and of the desire to turn this offense into something you know, different than it has been the past few years, is based on the ability of Bateman to be healthy. Right. And I mean, you mentioned Jimmy Smith coming back from the Liz Frank, but Hollywood Brown and his rookie season was yeah. coming off that Liz Frank and, you know, famously I mean, had a pretty successful rookie season, but I, I think really struggled to practice. And I, I think it, if following that season, he mentioned that he could barely even feel his, his foot for most of that season. So yeah, I, 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 we're really hoping that he comes back, uh, comes back healthy, comes back full speed. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, I've been listening to, to, to the off-season podcast for, from you and from the lounge and just hearing about the OTAs. And one of the things that they pointed out on the, you know, the Ravens productions, the, the, the gentleman over at the lounge, is that um, in some of these mini camps uh, and OTAs, that Munkin is especially um, – sorry, a special, especially a stickler for the very precise – uh, route running, uh, making sure guys are breaking off their routes precisely at 12 yards as opposed to mm-hmm. 11 and a half. Um, I find that a little curious because the implication is that previous regime was not that concerned about such precise running. That kind of scheme would seem to suit Bateman given his route running chops, but I'm just sure. curious you know, what your thoughts are about that in general and then applying that to Lamar, who seems to do so well off script his connection with Andrews benefits from their ability to freelance and go off script script. And so one of my concerns about Bateman is that, you know, maybe he would be better suited in an offense that operated with a great deal of precision. Maybe we're going to move in that direction, but just curious what your thoughts are in general about. It's you know. a, that's, a, that's a great point, by the way. And it, it, I'm sure that a lot of receivers would be better in terms of their receiving statistics if it was Tom Brady or Peyton Manning throwing to them. And and you could come up with other guys who aren't the very top in terms of older, like older Manning in particular is not as good a quarterback, but is still very precise. And he makes his own set of fakes 
to, to not give away where the ball is going and depends on precision from that receiver on the other side of it. And guys like Dallas Clark are staying around, you know, a long time with their, their ability to catch the football. Um, I, I think that there, there'd be a lot to be said that Bateman would, would flourish. And if, if he had an opportunity like that, um, that said, uh, you know, you, 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 there are other opportunities created by an off script quarterback. So He's going to have opportunities that develop from the fact that Lamar extends plays and gives him more time to break open and stay open. So I'm hopeful that that uh, he'll he'll be one of many who've been able to take advantage of that as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm hopeful. I guess we'll just you know I I think we're all waiting on the edge of our seats to what this new offense is going to look like. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. You know, we get get a new coordinator. It's like opening new Christmas presents on, on the first day of the regular season, particularly the defensive coordinator for me, because you have no idea how they're going to express, uh, uh, go at certain down and distance situations. You really don't have any idea how flexible or, or um, uh, mutable the, the, the defense is for, for circumstance of the game, for circumstance of the opponent. And uh, it's really always a lot of fun to see that. I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to enjoy what Malkin brings to the table. And, and I think we're going to get continually surprised by the offense for a few weeks. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Let's talk about what a good season would be for uh, Bateman. And let's do it this way. You, you, you go first with a good and I'll follow up and then you do great. And I'll follow up with great. All right. So for Bateman uh, in my mind, a good season is that he stays healthy. Um, 17 games is obviously the goal, um, but that he's healthy the full season that he is the primary X in this offense, um, that he, you know, is, he doesn't have to lead the team in targets, but, um, you know, what I would really like to see candidly is that they, their passing offense is top 10 in, in DVOA this season. And, you know, maybe that means he catches 40 or 50 or 60 balls for 600 to 800 yards. Um, but if the, if the, if the passing offense is a top 10 DeVoe offense, I think that constitutes a really good season for the team collectively. And Bateman will be key in that. And the last comment I'll make is they were the number one DeVoe offense, both rushing and passing in 2019. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then since then the passing offense hasn't been above 16th in the league, uh, and is often rated out lower than that. So would love to see them return to top 10 status. That would be that would be absolutely terrific. I think you're probably a little bit north of me on what is a good season. I'll I'll baseline, and this is a 60th percentile season in my thinking. A good season for me is he's able to play at least 12 games, and his speed and route running is not significantly impaired by the after effects of surgery. I do expect there to be some impairment, and that shows up in a yards per target floor I have of eight and a half. So I I'm you know there's only been 16 guys or so that have had nine yards per target. Even if you drop the, the target requirement uh, pretty significantly for in Ravens history. So I'm, you know, I think that would be great if, if you get eight and a half yards per target, I, I'd expect that or hope that that could be applied to about 60 plus targets. Um, and assuming he's not the minimum in either category, I think we'd be looking at about 600 yards um, with a little over the minimum in, in, in one or both categories. So that to me would be a good season. Fair enough. So uh, moving on to great, you know, my great season is pretty simple is that he plays well enough that he forces the Ravens to think really hard in the off season about picking up his fifth year option. 
Um, and, and, and in order to do that, I mean, he would really have to demonstrate that he is a future number one wide receiver. I think uh, given that they've already drafted flowers, um, you know, that fifth year option is going to mean a, a pretty hefty committed pay, uh, a committed salary slot for him in the 25 season. So he would have to play darn well for them to just no brainer want to pick that up or possibly be able to trade him for a first round pick like they were able to do with Hollywood. If he plays well enough to equal out either of those two things, I think that'd be a great season for him. Yeah. And they were actually able to trade for Hollywood after no his prior third. to his prior to his fourth year. Yeah. Yeah. His third yeah. season. Yeah. All right. Um, I could, that's a great, great point. And for whatever reason, I left out the fifth year option, but that would be certainly a great measure of success there. Uh, for a great season, I have little to no evidence of, that the injury remains, route running returns, and hands improve with tutelage from Beckham. Uh, with Flowers, the two of them present opponents a, a, a significant dilemma in terms of how they deal with the field. Uh, you know, one, one thing I keep hearing in Ukraine videos is don't give your enemy problems. Problems are solvable. Give them dilemmas that they have a choice between unfortunate outcomes. And this is a, uh, a you know, a, a place where hopefully uh, the, the combination of Bateman Flowers gives the Ravens, uh, you know, a, a very difficult to manage tandem that they really haven't had in years. Uh, Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, I'd also set a minimum of 90 targets on a, on a great season. That sounds great. All right. Uh, move on and then talk about Angelo Blackson. Let's do it. Uh, Angelo Blackson, of course, uh, been playing for several NFL teams. He's now entering his ninth year. Honestly, he's in a similar position to Brent Irvin. This will be his fifth team in a nine-year career. Uh, he'll be 31 in November. So uh, definitely a guy who's uh, walking increasingly towards the sunset in terms of uh, his career. Been a rotational three-tech for the Bears. Uh, one of his calling cards for the last few years has been durability. So I think that's one of the things the Ravens want. They obviously want a little bit more um, uh, availability from from this player i think they're looking for a, a bit more depth um but anyway your thoughts on angelo baxton you know his signing really kind of slid under the radar for me i think he he was a post-draft signing right they brought him in after the draft i think yeah. um yeah. just just to yeah to, to to fill out that room um and and, and kind of digging into his numbers you know the main thing that jumped out to me to your point is the durability he's played since 2018, 16 games, 15 games, 16, 17, 15, he's been, uh, you know, pretty solid inside of the defensive line rotation, um, you know, the last five years. So um, when I initially saw that, I thought, okay, well, this is nose tackle insurance if Michael Pierce doesn't come back. But, you know, really watching his highlights, he's more of a three tech. And, oh, he's a three. You know, yeah, yeah, sometimes he really li- – he even lines up on the five or, or, over, over top of the – over top of the tackle a lot of times. And so, you know, thinking about this a little bit more, I think objectively the Ravens are hoping that Broderick Washington takes yet another step um, and that he and Matt Abike are really kind of the anchors um, around Michael Pierce. And then this is a depth piece uh, to, to make up for some of the snaps that are gone with Clayus Campbell leaving. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if, if people don't list the defensive line among the potential weaknesses for the Ravens, I think they're kind of missing it a little bit in terms of uh, of what's going on. Defensive line with Campbell gone, 
he was the putty that held the thing together in terms of being able to move around positionally. He could play on the edge some. He could play nose tackle if you wanted to bring in extra outside linebackers. Uh, and he could play three or five. Didn't matter which. You know, you, you tell him where to go. Um, the Ravens don't have that guy anymore. Uh, they just don't. And, and you know, they have guys who can play one position, like Pierce. They have guys who can play two positions, as Urban can uh washington can matabike is really a one position three tech player um the guy the other guy who's a who's a multi-position player i'm really excited to see this year is travis jones because i think he he should play some three and he could be very effective there as well as playing uh as the backup nose as well uh so so the ravens you know they aren't flush with guys that you can line up anywhere between two and nine not that any team has uh, not that every team has a calais campbell but but uh you know, Angelo Baxton is a, is another guy who is a a three five versatile guy, a taller guy at six four. He's got fairly long arms at thirty three and three quarter inches. So he's the kind of guy who could give offensive linemen a lot of trouble. Um, one of the things that I would say is he has not shown up well these past few years. He's obviously played for a few different teams, a couple of years now in Chicago, but he's with Houston and. Uh, um, Arizona, Atlanta, Arizona, all for, for a little bit of time. Maybe I'm wrong about Atlanta. But anyway, he hasn't really played well the last four seasons if you look at the PFF grades. He has played a fair number of snaps, but he hasn't really played well in terms of being a pass rusher, uh, really stopping the run. And the, the unfortunate thing is that a very high missed tackle rate uh, for his career, 15.4%, uh, extremely high for a defensive lineman. Yeah, that's not ideal. I I mean, you, you. One of the adages that you you famously talk about is missed tackles aren't all created equal. If you're yeah. a defensive lineman and you're missing a guy in the backfield that's getting cleaned up at the line of scrimmage, that's a pretty valuable missed tackle. If you're a safety and you're missing a tackle and a guy scores a touchdown, well, that's that's no good. So, um, using my quotes against me, that's uh, that's uh, much appreciated. <laughs> uh, that's what I get for for listening to the catalog, but. Um, you know, um, it, one of the things, so I did the, the last year when we were doing the previews, I did the podcast with Campbell and, or talking about Campbell. And one of the things that I mentioned as far as what a great season for Campbell would be is that a great season for him would be if the other younger defensive linemen that Baltimore has, they felt the Ravens felt comfortable enough that they would play those guys in early down situations so that Campbell could just play high leverage snaps. And, and as the season wore on, I, I, I felt like that really bore out. Like the Ravens were pretty comfortable with Washington and Matabike in these early down scenarios, you know, ro they rotated in Travis Jones. He got a lot of, got a lot of run. And unfortunately, Michael Pierce was hurt, but Campbell was able to play those high leverage snaps. And so, you know, to me, that signals that, those young guys that they have on the roster, they feel those guys are ready to blossom. And so, you know, hopefully we're not relying on Blackman to, uh, or Blackson rather, to play uh, a ton of snaps. I mean, I would say I, that they're probably not relying on Blackson to play a ton of snaps. He's a, a security net, I would say, for this team. But, but let me address the other thing, because the younger players playing more snaps on early downs I don't think that really worked out the way the Ravens to, to benefit the Ravens last year. And the player whose production productivity really dropped with increased snap count was Matabike. Mm. And Matabike played 
59% of the snaps, I believe it was, and he really wore down in the second half, wasn't nearly as good, wasn't getting nearly the pass rush pressure. And if you look at when he was good, it was in his lower snap games that he was mm. really most effective. So that that's what that's where I have a little bit of problem with that. I think one of the important things for this year is going to be keep Matt Abike off the field on early downs so you can have him as a trump card to play on those high leverage downs where he could be really valuable. And the Ravens don't have the obvious guy, could be Travis Jones, but they don't have the obvious guy who is a lone lineman in in a multiple OLB package um, that the Ravens like to put out there on third down. Now, they could do something different entirely, but they typically are going to want to have one defensive lineman out there, uh, if not two. Uh, mm -hmm. And last year it was two a lot due to the lack of, of edge rushers who were healthy, particularly early in the year. Uh, this year, I think they'll probably go back to a kick-in guy, uh, and we haven't seen the final edge signed yet. I don't think for the Ravens, uh, you know, as of as of our recording here, they haven't re-signed Justin Houston yet, or they haven't found that other guy, or gone back to JPP or any of those things. But I think they 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 could, um, uh, you know, find an additional player who could who could do some kick-in work, and that would that would take the the pressure off them to have two linemen on the field. But the overall thing last year, they used two point two two defensive lineman per play in a good Ravens season. I'd like to see that be under two for multiple reasons. More like, like 1.95, 1.90 would be fine in, yeah. in 2019. I think it was 1.76. The reason it was so low is they had a lot of big leads and they put a bunch of outside linebackers on the field in that race car package whether they're using four outside linebackers and one defensive lineman or four outside linebackers and zero defensive linemen, um, that is that means good things for the team, and it means a healthy, rested defensive line um, that's ready to play when they need to. Yeah, I, I I've been I've been shilling for the lounge podcast a bit on 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 this episode, but uh, they have they had uh, just recently they had uh, Travis Jones on the pod, and they also had Michael Pierce on the pod. And you know, one of the comments that Travis Jones made that I thought was interesting is that he he mentioned he prefers playing nose. He likes being in the middle of the defensive line um, and being able to you know just have everyone moving around him. Um, and then when they had Pierce on, Pierce commented that Travis Jones is one of the strongest players oh, yeah. that he's ever played with, uh, second only to Linval Joseph. And so, you know, we don't want to put too much um, – we don't want to rely too much that Travis Jones can be that anchor in the single down line uh, scenario like you talked about. But it does sound like his, his – you know, both his desire to play nose and his body type – um, could be really well suited to that if he continues to develop. So maybe that's what they're anchoring on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he certainly he can play nose. He can be the, the 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 backup nose. He can be the starting nose next year when Pierce is gone. But it, my point is, I don't I don't want to waste him. And I also don't want to waste the opportunity to see what he can do as a penetrating three tech because he has those abilities. I mean, he's, you know, at Connecticut, we saw a fair amount of that in terms of, of his ability to beat guards like nobody's business one-on-one. And, and to your point about him being a strong player, Brent Urban made this point when he's on the show. He, he, he said, um, when I go over, when I cross the face of the guard, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, I have to go into that center with both hands first and then switch to one. To, to, you know, to fully optimally mm -hmm. use the length. That doesn't mean that with two arms, he's already longer than every center in the league pretty much. There's only a couple guys who have the kind of length that Urban does. But, but 
and he can he has to go two 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 hands and then to one hand. But they said that the only guy I see do that is Travis Jones, uh, you know, who can immediately go to one hand when crossing the guard. Well, if you can do that right there, that tells me three tech is a position you've got to see this guy play because that's that's the job is cross the cross the face of the guard, hammer that that center in a way like he's into next Tuesday. And before he can get your hands on you, he's just scrabbling like a six-year-old trying to trying to uh, uh, you know keep you away, but he can't do it. Um, if 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 Travis Jones is has if there's any inkling, Travis Jones has that sort of ability. He's got to be tried at three tech. Yeah, and and and, and to hear them say that about a guy who is a rookie coming out of UConn. Now he's a second-year guy. I mean, to have that much strength already in the league—that's that's just that's pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and and definitely uh, a guy we want to see what happens to him. But we'll get get, get back to Bloxon for a second. I mentioned the missed tackle rate. Um, he's had uh, never had more than two and a half sacks, um, but he did have in twenty and twenty one had two and a half sacks both years and eight plus quarterback hits each season. So there were some contributions on an aggregate level in terms of total pass rush contributions, and I come keep coming back to. The Ravens have to see something they like to bring in a player like this. And and with Roquan coming from the Bears, we saw a player who improved, not only improved our defense, but Roquan himself, his level of play moved way up when he came to the Ravens. He, he had never played as well as he did the second half of last year. And it was really nice to see that. Well, maybe the Ravens see that here too. They think trait-based, trait-wise, we like this guy because he could do A and B and C, and maybe it has something to do with stunting or crossing the face of whatever it might be. They like some things about him as a player, and they think they can work with him to to get him on the field. I also think he gives you uh, some other things, but let's let's respond to give you a chance to respond to that first before I go in another direction. Yeah, I mean, his best statistical season was two years ago. Uh, his first year with the Bears when he had forty three tackles. Um, two and a half sacks, nine QB hits. And that would have been playing the full year with Roquan. He played all 17 games that year, started eight of those games. Um, you know, so the, the Bears weren't weren't very good last year. Um, so that could be, you know, he, he, he strikes me as the kind of guy that a lot of the wins that I saw he had in, in, in granted, these are highlight clips, but a lot of the highlight plays are him winning one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And so if he's playing – in a, in a really solid defense with other people that are doing their job and eating up blocks like a Michael Pierce, he seems like the kind of guy that can, you know, make a play or two here and there. And, you know, to your point, I think probably the thing they liked best about him was the price tag. I was really hoping they were going to figure out a way to bring Campbell back. I think Campbell was, you know, such a class defensive player leader, and I was really disappointed to see him go. I totally understand it, and business is business. But uh, you know, Blackson is an eighth of the price, I think. Yeah, so he's, he's he's playing for the vet men, and, yeah. and Campbell. I I don't know what he ended up getting for with in his deal with Atlanta, but it's significant still. And you know, there's Campbell's still like a, a much better player at the much older age, and mm-hmm. and I don't really have a fear of tremendous decline from Campbell. He still absolutely dominates the defensive highlights when mm-hmm. we write them out. I mean, we, we go through, we watch every play. We, we, we try and figure out who did what well on that play. Now, there is a little more focus on defensive linemen because we're originally working from the broadcast video. 
and that that uh, you, you, you typically can see those players on every play. And he showed up in the notes just more than any other player, but it wasn't close. The only guy who was really close to the second half was Roquan Smith yeah. in terms of, of, of showing up a lot. Um, you, you mentioned the price. Let me, let me go a step further with that in terms of the price. Yes, he signed for the vet men, but there's something else that important that implies or imparts to the Ravens is that they that he is a 54th man versati- versatility. Yeah. Um, he is, I, I would say if you wanted to take a bet that Angelo Blackson would be cut, make that bet right now if there's any kind of reasonable odds on it. Same thing with Brent Urban. I, I would expect them you know, one of them is is probably going to be cut and sent to the practice squad. And I, I think that'll be Blackson, honestly. But one of them is going to be cut and, and brought back because they, they are. And if, if there's some injury problem at all during camp, then Blackson and Urban will both make the team. And, and uh, you know, things will go as we uh, would normally expect them. And they may b- both make it anyway. They'll keep six, activate five, whatever. But two guys from that group are going to be cut uh, to make room for additional guys who, who they want to slip through onto IR in the initial uh, basis. Yeah. And, you know, another guy that we haven't mentioned at all that, you know, you don't want to presume everyone stays healthy, but in the event that all of these defensive linemen are healthy, um, Rashad Nichols will probably have a good shot to make the team and Blackson might be competing with him for the last defensive lineman spot. I mean, Nichols played really well in the preseason last year. And I think he only played one game during the season, but he's obviously a lot younger, a lot more optionality. So, you know, he's not, Blackson's not even guaranteed to make the team. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And and they have if if one of the UDFAs were to show out as well, and they've got uh, uh, Kaim mm-hmm. uh, uh, Caesar, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Trey Botts they have, I believe. I mean, these are guys who who could show up, play well, be tough guys. And the Ravens have a long history of finding defensive linemen this way. Um, and Patrick Ricard and uh, Michael Pierce both came. Michael Pierce, yeah, yeah, from undrafted guys. Yeah, that that vein. So wouldn't wouldn't bet against that at all. And I I, I completely agree in terms of the expendability of a player like Blackson if your if your depth really holds up during the year. His contract is not guaranteed, by the way. Um, if he's cut, they they save the nine hundred and forty grand um, that is on that. Yeah, the other yeah <laughs> the other point that I was going to make it's. Uh, just anecdotal, but um, late round defensive lineman that wore number 90. I know he won't wear 90 in Baltimore, but they've had some good luck with those guys. So maybe they see a little, uh, you know, late Renaissance uh, okay, McPhee or McPhee yeah. or Zedarius there. Yeah, I mean, he's go. not, he's not going to play on the edge though, but yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about what a good season is uh, for Angelo Box and, and, and then what a great season is. Same, same order here. You go good first and I'll respond. Sure. I think a good season for him is that he makes the team and that he meaningfully contributes, plays maybe a quarter of the snaps and that the run defense uh, stays, you know, Baltimore standards and the defensive line stays up to Baltimore standards in a way that we don't really miss the departure of Calais Campbell. Um, That frankly, that's a good season. Virtually exactly the same thing I had. I have makes the team provides value as a cut for the initial 53. That's I think the only thing I up additionally, Resigned prior to week one. Let me give you another possibility. Resigned prior to week two, and then he has to play week to week. You know, for for the for this. I think that's something the Ravens might do in in his particular case. 
if he if he goes to the practice squad, I mean, injuries occur naturally in the National Football League, and as we've talked about on this show before, the replacement level goes down at defensive line. But I don't see him as the kind of guy that everybody's going to be knocking at his door to sign him right at the end of training camp. I think it's more like he's the guy you look to find in, on November first, um, right? And, right. And then hope he's hope he's around somewhere. Um, I like you plays rotation on an early down as an early down three tech. And I had 20 to 30% of snaps here. I think you're 25 is a great estimate um, at a quality better than the replacement level. Now you, you said a slightly different, which is basically that the team does it. I like yours better. I like your definition better there in terms of the team doesn't really suffer with it. Um, but, uh, but I think in, in terms of his case, manage your expectations. If he's yeah. playing at a, at a level better than the replacement level, that's good. If he's, if he's uh, um, playing at an average NFL level, that would honestly be great. So absolutely, I mean, vet vet minimum guy, like you, you know, you you need those kinds of guys, especially with contract that we're paying Lamar. You need those kinds of guys to come in and contribute. How about a great season? So for me, a great season. Uh, it plays a similar amount, but he plays well enough that he 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 is in the mix for a multi year contract, either from Baltimore, you know, a, you know a three-year seven million dollar deal or or someone else in the offseason that he 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 plays well enough to earn himself a multi-year deal is, is put it that way okay. um you know my hope is that it doesn't mean that other guys have getting gotten injured so he gets more time but just in the time that he gets he shows enough that that, that teams are saying like we need a guy like that i think angelo blackson right now would be signing up for your great season if he, <laughs> if he could immediately um I, I would say he surprises with a better season in a better defense that, that this is another case of you put the guy in pinstripes as he used to be with the yankees um and and all of a sudden he's hitting 40 points higher uh you put the guy in in raven's purple and all of a sudden he's a better defensive player than you ever realized because you know the the, the organization of that defense is just a lot better in general in terms of what his role in i put him at 30 to 35 percent of the snaps so like you said not a big increase in snaps but still enough to take some of the load that campbell was bearing last year on early downs from some of the other players that the ravens have um, and plays at a league average level that's what i would want out of a great season from him uh i personally i don't think he's going to get another big multi-year deal but i but, but my hope for him would be that the ravens want him back for 24 that they want him back basically on the same deal and and you know they they've done it with brand urban they did it with pernell mcphee they did it with with anthony levine for years though levine got some small bonuses in there and was a two-year deal guy um but basically that's that's the ravens way is is to find guys who can help them in some particular way uh on these vet men contracts and Angela Blackson will get to extend his um, football career uh, playing for what hopefully is his first ever really good team um, that, that he's, that he's been with. So that's uh, uh, you know, I think are the, are the, are the two parts to that. Um, I want to see him make some key plays personally. Um, a few batted passes sack here and there, some pocket compression that we're actually talking about, you know, on the defensive yeah. pods week by week. It says, you know, we're excited about right. this. And and he gets the run. He doesn't have to make all the tackles, but I want him to deny space. I want him to um he, he is more of a penetrator obviously than than a two gapper, but I want him to be a guy who does a good job of forcing running backs into um decisions that cost them time in the backfield. Brent Urban does that extremely well as a two-gapping player. Mm -hmm. You can also do it as a penetrator. It's just a little different. And in Blackson's case, that's what I'd like to see from him in terms of of uh, uh, contributing to this Ravens defense. Uh, yeah, I think that the the one the one point that I would add that I 
I should have thought of ahead of time, but that he he shows enough to be part of the 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 three tech rotation that takes those early down snaps that keeps Matabike fresh for those high leverage third down snaps. Uh, you know, to the point that you made about Matabike suffering when he has to play too much. I mean, his game is speed and quickness um, and rushing the passer. So the more that he can prioritize that um, and other guys can eat up snaps on first and 10, that'd be great. Yeah. All right, Brad, outstanding talking about this with you. Always great to talk football. And uh, uh, I know you got a lot going on there, but uh, uh, tell folks yeah. where, they can, where they can talk football with you. Yeah, my, my Twitter handle is mcbradley. I'm always uh, down for conversations about the Ravens. And if there was some background noise on my end, it is the last day of school. I didn't account for that when we were recording. And so the kids bust in a couple of times. So my apologies. All right. That's okay. Uh, great content. Really appreciate the, the high level of conversation here. Other folks out there, uh, if you haven't ever been on a film study pod or you have been on one and you'd like to do a different short, either case, DM me. I'm always interested in meeting new people with good ideas. That's how I met Brad originally was, was through this process of having kind of an open mic for, for film study shorts. And uh, I've always found that to be a rewarding thing. So DM me, I'll get back to you very quickly. Uh, lots of time in July to do pods prior to camp that are uh, uh, of, a, of an interesting and reflective nature about uh, about the franchise building or whatever other ideas you have in mind. But uh, uh, I'm always interested to hear from new folks. Brad, thanks again for joining me. Thanks, Ken. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.